When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Undead Walking Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Now, please welcome your host, Sarah Beth Pollock. everyone welcome to another edition of the undead walking podcast i'm your host sarah beth pollock and it's sunday it's august 22nd it's the day of the walking dead season 11 premiere um obviously i'm talking about the network premiere because if you're a member of amc plus if you subscribe to amc plus you've already seen episode two so yeah it's it's kind of a weird situation right now. It's not something that we're normally used to dealing with. There's there's a lot of people who are, um, you know, really frustrated out there that it's, uh, you know, we're trying to gear up for the, the season 11 premiere. And uh, as of midnight, day of the premiere, the second episode of the season is out, along with a trailer for episode three, which I haven't seen yet because I don't have AMC+. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of people who are kind of frustrated by that. And so I, I definitely sympathize with you and but then again it's also really cool that there is that option so it's it's just an imperfect system right now and um you know to be sympathetic to that I am going to only release episode reviews after the network premiere so uh this episode is uh is obviously being released after Acheron part one comes out um and so this is this is just my opportunity to kind of talk about it and uh, share some thoughts and solicit some feedback. I know it's something that it, it's an episode that's probably got a lot of people on the edge of their seats for a number of reasons. And uh, so I think we should dive in and, and talk about it. So, um, you know, so basically this is the we're still in the aftermath of the Whisperer War. Uh, Alexandria has been totaled, and uh, so that everybody's on these uh, on a mission to find food. And the people of Alexandria and the people who came with Laura, with uh, I was going to say with Lauren, with Maggie, um, they are they're hungry. And the whispers really caused a lot of problems when they came through because the horde scared away a lot of animals, and so you can't even go hunt for food at this point. So the episode opens with this mission, and it's. You know, it's definitely one of the most complex. It's very reminiscent of the cave episode, um, you know, because you're in this dark place and, and people are, are using ropes to come in and you know, they have to go down from the ceiling. And uh, you know, the, the mission itself is to find these uh, these MREs and uh, hopefully, you know, they, they will be able to get through this this warehouse full of walkers. And so we have we have Daryl, we have Elijah, we have Maggie, we have uh, Carol, Lydia, um, Magna's there, and they are on a mission to get this food out. Kelly's there also. Uh, Kelly and Magna get separated from the group. They go off to to explore. What they don't realize is that all of the walkers that are on the ground. Uh, 
aren't really gone. They, they reanimate after it looks like they've been in some kind of suspended animation state. And that's when all the chaos starts coming. And I have to admit, I really liked the sequence. I thought it was really, uh, really fun to watch uh, because it's, it's just, it's classic horror, right? Like you're in a place where it's already really chaotic and scary and you know the the stakes are really high and you can't just go running from the building like that's just not an option so you have to fight through these things and you know they they manage to do that uh carol goes back to get some more rations and you know puts herself in jeopardy but uh she makes it out and uh at the end of all of this for all of their efforts they find out later in alexandria that they only have about a week's worth of food and that's just not going to work. And um, so some more people came uh, and joined Alexandria from, uh, from Maggie's group. And they realized that they need to go to this other place that Maggie's familiar with. And this other place was, was captured by the Reapers because it's so prolific in terms of, of food and, and the availability of food. And that's why the Reapers took it. Uh, but that means they have to fight to take it back. And so you have a group of people who have just fought this massive war against the Whisperers and they're hungry and the gates are, the gates are broken and the fences are broken around Alexandria and they just don't have the manpower, the will, the energy to, to fight, but they have to. So the decisions made to go on this trip to get food and, uh, they're going to have to fight for it. You know, Daryl volunteers right away. Uh, and so off they go. This is where it gets interesting because, uh, as we, as we see in this episode, there's, there's two stories that, that are told from this point. There's the story of this group that goes off in search of the food. And then there's the story of, uh, Yumiko, Eugene, Ezekiel, and princess as they are being processed at the Commonwealth. So we're going to talk First of all, about uh, we're going to start with the group going through uh, trying to find food, and then we'll pivot at the end and we'll talk about the other group. But um, you know, this is it, it turns into kind of a nightmarish situation because this group goes on the road. They know that the Reapers are out there. They don't know exactly where they are, but they know that they're around. And uh, Negan is part of this group. You have Alden, you have uh, Gabriel, uh, Daryl, Dog. Maggie, Maggie's people, um, you know, a handful of people from Maggie's group, and they're all out there, but, you know, what everybody's talking about is Negan and, and Maggie are together. They're, they're on this, this mission together. Um, it starts raining, and this is something that just, it, it really, uh, it, it bugs me about this episode, and I know why people, like, I understand the logistics of why all of these things happen, because this is what makes the tension. This is what makes me feel so unsettled. But Maggie comes with comes with the up with the idea that they need to go down into the metro because it's raining so hard. So instead of taking shelter in a building, the decision is made to go into the metro. And no one knows the metro system the way Negan does. So Negan really is is essential in this because he knows how to keep going in the metro tunnels so they go down into these tunnels and uh you know it's dark it's there's noises and <clears throat> somehow they have really bright flashlights which still doesn't really make sense but you know 
we're throwing all of our, our, we're suspending disbelief right now because that's just the way the show is. And then that's not a, that's not an affront. That's not, that's not me being snarky about it. That's just, you have to suspend disbelief because otherwise none of this works. But the thing that bugs me is that Maggie is the one who makes this decision and Daryl supports her. They're going to go into the subway. Now, if you ask me, if it's raining really hard, I'm not going to go underground. That's just me. Now, you might do that nowadays, but if you recall, there was a rainstorm not too long ago that flooded the subway system in New York just a couple weeks or months ago. Um, that's under normal operating measures. These subways have been sitting unattended for years, almost 10 years, if not more. <clears throat> Excuse me. So... The fact that they have, you know, they make this decision is problematic for a number of reasons. And so when Negan voices that concern as the one who is the expert on the subway system, he points at the water line and he's like, look, these things have flooded and we don't know what's going on. They come across a whole bunch of bodies that have been bagged. Their, their necks have been cut so they don't make noise. Uh, they're still alive. They're still walkers. And Maggie says that they were from the, when this all happened, but Negan points out that there's no real way of knowing that it could be an active burial site and people could be adding these bodies as they come, but she doesn't want to hear it. And, you know, Daryl doesn't want to hear it. And this is where it gets really interesting. Now I'm not going to take sides on, on the, the Maggie Negan situation. But I will say this, from a story standpoint, it's very interesting because Negan is not wrong in this. They should not be in the Metro Tunnel. It's just a bad idea. He is not wrong that they should be wary of these bodies that have been stacked in this subway tunnel because they're not at the beginning. They're, they're well into the tunnel, which means somebody put them there and they have no way of telling how recent that was because they're all bagged. So... A body that was there for 10 years looks just the same as a body that's been there for a couple of days. You don't know. So when he voices his concern, everybody has already been conditioned from Maggie's group to hate Negan. Everybody's already been, you know, anyone who knows Negan doesn't think too much about him. You know, so Alden and, and, and Daryl, like they, they don't really care. But he isn't wrong. And so that becomes that he's trying to disrespect Maggie, which, you know, it's Negan. So, yeah, that's what he does. He's a villain. That's what he does. The problem is, um, and like I say, he, he isn't wrong about this. And so when it does go south, because it invariably does, he brings up the point that he knows that as long as he's around, he is, as he says, living rent-free in Maggie's mind, which is then distracting her from focusing on making good decisions. And in his mind, he thinks that she brought him there on this mission to kill him. And Gabriel says, you know, you're being paranoid and, and that, that that's just not the case. But Negan doesn't see it that way. And as soon as things start going sideways... I think a lot of, I think even Daryl starts to realize that putting uh, so much faith 
in Maggie in this situation that's so stressful may not have been a good idea because the, the subway does end up being blocked uh, by a subway car. They are surrounded by walkers that are in various states of animation. Uh, the old man and the kid take off with the supplies, so they're kind of screwed. And then Dog runs off, so Daryl has to go after Dog. And then we're left at the end of the episode with Maggie trying to climb onto the subway car and getting grabbed by walkers and Negan making the decision that he's not going to help her. You know, it's a very uh, Batman Begins, Christian Bale, Liam Neeson situation. Like, I don't have to kill you, but I'm not going to save you either. Um, earlier in the episode, you know, after he gives his grand speech, where he actually does start to make a little bit of sense, Negan has to go in for the Negan move and make a Glenn reference, which was the worst thing he could have possibly done. And Daryl punches him for it, which he absolutely should have done because that was a stupid thing to say. But my point in all of this is that uh, in this situation, Negan was not wrong. He was looking out for the best interest of the group, even though no one really wants to admit it. But the story was written this way for a reason. So I always like to be very, you know, very uh, aware of, of the writing and what this could be setting up. And I think that it's setting something up that's going to be very important for the story down the line. So I think the fact that Negan wasn't just being an asshole, he was actually trying to, you know, trying to help and, and trying to, <laughs> while also trying to protect his own interests. I think it's an interesting thing, but... I also don't disagree that uh, he is always going to be problematic no matter what. And naturally, there is that uh, <laughs> that massive cliffhanger that they have to deal with. So that's going to be interesting. I think uh, it goes without saying, if you've seen the preview for 11.02, you know what happens, but we'll get there next week. So we're not going to talk anything more about that right now. Uh, we will talk about uh, the other story that's prevalent in Acheron Part 1, and that is what's going on over the Commonwealth. Um, Eugene, Yumiko, Ezekiel, and Princess arrive at the Commonwealth, and they go through an audit. Now, this is like some Scientology-level weirdness that you have these two auditors, a man and a woman, who ask the most bizarre questions you have ever heard of. They start out with things that are, you know, fairly innocuous. You have, you know, what did your parents do for a living? Where did you go to school? Um, what your zip code was? And, uh, you know, you have Yumiko who's like, how would I even remember that? To is to Eugene giving like a full rundown year by year. Um, and it really, I really love that montage because it really gives you a sense of who everybody is. And it really allows these four characters to shine in a way that we haven't, we don't really get to see them in this light. And so you have Ezekiel putting up a front, you know, right away. And he's, you know, he's defensive and he's wary. And you have Yumiko, who is just right back into her lawyer, uh, you know, her lawyer mindset. And I love seeing that. I mean, she is just reading this situation and learning from it. Princess is, uh, you know, she's on, she's defensive, but she's also not really willing to put up with these questions because it's, it's kind of needling her in a way that she's not comfortable with. And Eugene is so scared out of his mind that he's just babbling like crazy. So uh, it's, it's really fun to see. 
what I loved about this episode, it, it comes about halfway through when, um, you know, they're trying to figure out, they know that this is not a good, a good situation. They don't want to have to go through this, this process of reprocessing that they hear about where you have to be, you know, reconditioned somehow. Um, they talked to some of the other people who were there. One of them, you know, he's with a, a man and a woman. The man says they've been there for four months. The woman's like, no, we've been here for nine months. You know, I mean, it's, it's terrifying stuff. And you have Mercer, who's in his orange spacesuit, you know, stormtrooper outfit. Um, and he's terrifying. And, and Ezekiel sees him as being in charge and thinks, you know, he, he's painted this picture that he was like a beat cop. And he was, you know, now he's back in charge and just being a jerk and, um, it's so much fun to see how how these characters have come up with their ideas of what's going on. But it's Princess who ends up saving the day because Princess has this gift. She reads people and she remembers things about people, which is extraordinary coming from someone who for so long had been by herself. And so this is someone who, you know, she thrives on other people. So she picks up, you know, even though these guards are in these funky stormtrooper outfits that are just weird. And, and I, I want to know where they came from because it's just so strange. But I think it's really interesting because she picks up on, she knows how to distinguish them, even though you can't see their faces. She realizes that one of them is, uh, you know, one of them has a leg injury. One of them has a bladder thing. Um, one of them has, uh, one of them is, uh, having a relationship with the other, but they don't want them to know it. They don't want anybody to know it and they're flirting with each other, but they don't really want people to know that they're flirting. I mean, she picks up on all of it. And at first everybody's kind of listening to her talk. Like, what is this? Like, what are you talking about? But then the key arrives. She says that they go off and have sex with each other and she thinks that it takes more time to take off the uniform than it does to actually do the deed. And that's the clincher is that if they can figure out where those uniforms are, they can do it. Now, they do skip around in this episode. We don't actually see them getting out of their cage and getting these uniforms. But somehow uh, they, they, they get two of these uniforms and Yumiko and Eugene dress up as these stormtrooper people and they try to lead princess and Ezekiel out. Um, they almost get caught. They almost get, uh, they get caught by one of the other people. And, 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 uh, Yumiko says that they're being taken to reprocessing. They make it outside and princess, you know, ever observant notices that there's this wall of, of, uh, the lost. And they're looking, if you're looking for people, you can look at this wall and, and, and it might reunite you with people. So, they're trying to rush her through and she pauses and she's like, Yumiko, look. And sure enough, there's a message from Yumiko's brother that he's searching for her. And so that suggests that he's part of this community. So all of a sudden Yumiko has uh, stakes in this and she doesn't want to, uh, she doesn't want to leave. So they end up going back and um, I don't know how they're going to explain that they don't have, that they have these uniforms, but it's really interesting because now there's this personal connection to uh, to the community, and that should make it really interesting moving forward. So, um, overall, I really enjoyed this episode. I, I I loved the tension. I loved 
the drama behind it. I liked, you know, the, I liked that it had some walkers, you know, and, and some good walker kills. But, it, you know, it had the, the, the chills and the thrills and the stuff that makes it scary. But it also had some really good drama. And, and that's a credit to the, the writing of the episode. You know, I, I do, I was entertained. So that's my primary objective. If I'm entertained by something, then that's, if, if, if that happens, then I like it. Um, if I can go deeper than that, then I will. And, and in this case, I could. I, I really enjoyed the way that these episodes were structured. I actually would have preferred a whole episode of what was going on at Commonwealth because I really loved that. I really loved what was going on there. That montage of auditing was just so much fun to see. I would have loved to have so much more of that. And uh, they could have sacrificed a lot of the the upfront, uh, you know, going through that warehouse, like those scenes, if they needed to cut some minutes, cut that and then give it to, you know, the Commonwealth. But, um, but overall, I mean, it, it really, it really worked well. I can see why this is a two part episode. I really, really think it needed to go back to back with, with the second half, just because, you know, there, there's no way to air this without spoiling what happens. So, um, so yeah, it kind of, you know, it kind of cuts down on that, the level of suspense, but at the same time, it does give us, it gives us the walking dead that we love. So I can't, I can't fault that either. Um, I'm really excited. I, I have to say having watched this and I watched this episode a few weeks ago, um, when we got our screeners and I was looking at it back in July, actually. Um, I really have high hopes for this final season. And, um, I think the one thing that will get in the way of those high hopes is what happens if it doesn't, uh, they don't use the time wisely because 45 minutes an episode, you know, without commercials, whatever, um, 45 minutes, 24 episodes, it's going to feel rushed no matter what they do. And that's no fault of the show or the writers or the, the producers. That's just the reality. We want more than they're going to be able to give us. We will take everything that we can because we've, we've been starved for The Walking Dead for a long time now. So we want as much as we can possibly get. The thing that's, uh, that's going to be tricky, though, is that we... Um, it might not live up to our expectations. And I worry about that. And, uh, you know, and that's just me being truthful. I, I just, I worry that it's going to be, we're going to want so much that we're not going to be able to get it all. But I have to say that these two episodes, so I, I saw part one and part two, um, they did live up to my expectations. So for me personally, I'm happy. I'm excited. I'm really, really excited about what's coming. But from a, a, a broader perspective, I know that this isn't going to satisfy everybody. And it kind of bums me out because I want to be really pumped about this final season. And, uh, and I will be. Um, but it's just, it's going to be so hard to have to say goodbye and, uh, and still feel like there's still stories to tell. So hopefully they're actively building onto the, the franchise and uh, creating more spinoffs to tell those stories with these other characters and present those opportunities because there's a lot, there's a lot of stuff that that's a lot of stories yet to be told. So, um, so with that in mind, that is my review of fear, the wire, excuse me, fear, 
The Walking Dead season 11 premiere. I uh, hope you enjoyed my my preview or my review, I guess. Um, I will be back. I'm, I'm just trying to think in my head. I will be back with a kind of fan reaction podcast. Uh, so if you have a reaction to the to the episode, send me uh, send me a DM on Twitter at Sarah Beth Pollock, and uh, you know let me know your thoughts, and I will be happy to share them with everybody on the podcast. And uh, I'll also be back this uh, later this week with a breakdown of those photos that were released from Fear the Walking Dead Season 7. Uh, do a podcast on that, breaking those down. And then I'm sure I'll have more podcasts uh, coming out later. I'm really curious to see if we get Episode 3 in our screener package this week. So, uh, so yeah, I'm excited about that. So for now, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for uh, bearing with me through this episode. And I'm... Uh, Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hit me up. Let me know what you thought of the episode. I really am curious to know what everybody thinks. And now that we can talk about it openly without spoilers, uh, send me a message. Let me know what's, what your thoughts are. Cause I'm, I really want to know. Um, so for with that, I want to uh, to thank you for for listening. And as always, please make sure that you you leave a review. Uh, you know, rate the podcast so we can keep doing this and bringing it to you and, uh, and all of the other exclusive content that we bring through the podcast. Uh, so thank you. I am really excited for the final season. I know it's bittersweet, but it's, uh, it looks like it's going to be really good. So really excited about that. So I will leave you with that. Uh, as always, please stay safe. Remember to wash your hands and always watch out for those walkers. Thanks, everybody. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.